Hey there. I hope you're having an amazing day. Today, we are going to be talking about transparency and the different levels of transparency. So, stay with me. You are listening to the Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast, where we talk about all the things career-related. <laughs> I tell you how it is, and we get right to the point. I am your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is nature, which is what I have my master's degree in, and this is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. All right, levels of transparency. So someone actually asked me this question over email, and I moved my website from Steph Dennis 13 to Steph Dennis. So my email is now different as well. And I deleted everything and I really wish I hadn't, but that's okay. I remember most of it. <laughs> and I knew after I responded to the email, my response was kind of long. I was like, I really need to make a podcast about this because I think it touched on some really interesting things. So think about it. How transparent should we be at work? What levels of transparency should we expect from others? What do we consider appropriate to share? What might be too much or TMI, as the cool kids say? Uh, let's talk about it. So here's my opinion. <laughs> as of course, uh, it's my podcast. They're all my opinions. So, you know, for whatever it's worth. Uh, my opinion on what we should be open about to everyone within an organization Number one, we're just out of the gate getting controversial. Compensation. Mm, I know. A, a recruiter saying we should be transparent about compensation? What? Yeah, no, we should. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, compensation ranges and their packages. Listen, this is 2021. There is no good reason that we should be hiding compensation from people. If someone asks, hey, what's your range? Yeah, no, here, here it is. If a colleague wants to know what their colleague makes, they should be able to know. If you are doing the same work, those numbers should be almost identical. <laughs> like, this is not hard. Like, it's not hard. It's not complicated. It is simple, very simple in my mind. The only reason people would not be transparent about this is if there's some shady fuckery going on behind the scenes, right? Compensation frustrates me. I'll just be totally honest. Every company has a range or some sort of budget, right? Even if they don't have a formal compensation package or range, because some companies don't, uh, there's something that they at least have budgeted. Like, hey, here's what we want to pay, right? Honestly, there's no good reason not to just put it out there. I think it saves a ton of time. You know, I've talked to so many people because I mean, in my applications, I always give them the option to put their compensation expectations. I've had so many conversations with people who do not fill out that box and want to be making, you know, $30,000, dollars $50,000 more than what we have slated for the role. Not to say we don't underpay, more so <laughs> they're overqualified and not overqualified in the sense of simply money. Like they just have more years of experience than we're looking for. And I understand why you wouldn't want to put it in an application, right? You don't want to rule yourself out based on money. But when you're like $50,000 away and like you're under 150K salary, that's significant enough where it is usually a deal breaker. Now, if you make a million dollars a year, you don't give a fuck about $50,000. <laughs> At least probably not. <laughs> I also get very angry incredibly quickly when people do not pay equitably. It pisses me the fuck off. It is, I want to be crystal fucking clear, illegal to pay people differently based on gender or race or religion or sex, all the things of Title Seven. You cannot do it, period. 
So I think transparency about compensation is something companies should be doing. And if they are not paying equitably, make it right, make it public and say, hey, we had to make some changes. We weren't paying attention and we fucked up, but we fixed it. And here it is. Here's the info. Yeah, I'm, whew, I could make a whole episode about just me being pissed off about comp, but I won't because, you know, who wants to listen to that? So number one, compensation, packages, ranges, all of it. Make it fair, make it equitable, make it public. All right, less controversial topics, very standard. Number two, mission, right? Like there is zero Literally 0% why someone would want to hide the mission of their company unless it's like, you know, uh, like some Ozark shit, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> put it out there so everyone can get behind it, right? They want to know what the company is doing. And then also to my managers out there, your employees also want to know how they fit into that bigger picture. Number three, goals. Goals should be very transparent internally within an organization. What the company goals are, what the team goals are, what your individual goals are, and really how all of that translates into the overall organization, right? And like what the end mission is. So if you are working for a company who wants to cure cancer, right? What is the company going to do this year? What are the goals of the company? What are the goals of your team? And what are you focusing on this year or this quarter, whatever, however you guys do your goals? Number four, projects. I want to say there's no reason to hide projects. So some projects are coded, right? I've worked for companies who will say, oh yeah, I have a meeting for Project Kiwi, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Basically, it's code for merger, acquisition, selling the company, going IPO. It's usually code for shit that not everyone can know about because they have to sign an NDA saying they can't discuss it with anyone. So that's fine. Like, I understand. Like, there's obviously going to be projects that can't be public until it's public knowledge, right? I understand that. But overall, you know, the company is like moving to the cloud. Like, there's like, what? Like, of course, we can talk about that. Uh, so projects within reason, right? Minus any sort of like NDAs. I don't want to get anybody in big trouble here. But what the organization's working on, what projects are the team working on, and then obviously what projects, of course, you're working on. Number five, priorities. This is pretty straightforward in my opinion. It should be pretty clear and pretty transparent around priorities, a variety of projects, a variety of goals. Oftentimes we find ourselves with a ton of work and maybe not enough time to do all that work. So you have to be able to prioritize and sometimes the executive leadership team needs to help with that. Number six, your company's stance on major issues or current events. Um, this might be a little bit more controversial, probably won't piss as many people off as the compensation conversation, but I think it is important to understand what companies stance on hot topics, right? I'm trying to think of. So like last summer, when the murder of George Floyd happened, the company I was working for at the time responded. They had a stance on it. When the insurrection happened in January, the company I was working for at the time had a stance. They had something to say about that. When COVID in India went completely out of control in end of April, beginning of May this year, our company had something to say about that. So when big things happen and current issues occur, I think companies should share their views on that, right? It is important for me to know that because I want to work for a company that I align ethically and morally to. So I'm sure based on how I have phrased some of these things, the murder of George Floyd, right? Not okay. India, is my company responding to that? How are they helping? Like, do they care? The insurrection, domestic terrorism, like that is what that's called. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I won't go down too far down the political rabbit hole, but other people 
who have different values and different views than I do may also want to know where their company stands on that because maybe they disagree and they also want to work for a company that aligns to their values, right? I think it's important that we don't always find ourselves in echo chambers, right? I think it's important that we talk to people who do have different viewpoints than we do. I just want to throw that out there because oftentimes when people only put themselves in situations where they're only around people who feel the same way, as they do and think the same way that they do that will hinder our own personal development that will hinder our own growth. So I guess something to think about. And at the end of the day, you know what you consider right and wrong. I always say, here's my thoughts. Here's my opinions on the information I have here now. And I will always say, I reserve the right to change my mind with more information. If I have a feeling about something, someone's like, yeah, but Steph, have you thought about it this way? It's like, oh, damn. Nope, I didn't. Thank you for bringing that up, calling me out. And now I'm going to change my opinion, right? So whatever it's worth. And number seven, how are companies working towards a diverse, inclusive, and equitable workplace? I think that is one of the most important things that we can focus on, especially in HR and in the recruiting world, is how are we hiring people and making our teams represent what the general population represents. And specifically when it comes to transparency, what are the strategies that the company is taking to get from A to B? What action is being taken? I think it's one thing for a company to say, hey, we support diversity, equity, inclusion. Cool, moving on. Right? And then it's a whole nother thing to say, yeah, we support it. And here's exactly what the buck we're doing to make sure it happens, right? I want to work for a company that's like, yep, we support. Here's what we're doing. Here's the strategy. And here's the action we're taking. And here's what we've already done. And even if what we've already done is literally nothing, owning that and doing better is the point. And number eight, job responsibilities and functions. Literally no reason not to not to be transparent about that. I think it helps other people understand what's going on. And sometimes it will also help clarify for the person who has a role that maybe isn't well-defined. It's like, great, let's help define it. Number nine, org charts. Sometimes easier said than done, depending on the size of the company. I understand that. But I think it's important, especially as a new folks come into the organization, to know who does what and who they can go to. And number 10, regular and consistent meetings. I've been at companies where team meetings happen basically no matter what. (laughs) Even if something really intense is happening in the world, we'll have a meeting and say, hey, this intense thing is happening. Let's talk about it. Like scrap the agenda, but like, let's, let's talk about it. And then I've been at companies where they cancel team meetings more often than not. And I can tell you what, consistent, open, honest communication will win every single time. Number 11, asking ourselves uh, the tough questions and then not getting sassy when the hard answers are given. This feels like a duh uh, moment, but (laughs) it's not. Yeah. So what do I mean by that, right? If you are trying to do work that matters and doing work that makes an impact and you're coming from a good place, maybe you put together a campaign for a thing and you're like, hey, here's this campaign. What do y'all think? And your heart's in the right place, but maybe the campaign you're working on isn't necessarily a community that you live in. For example, uh, this episode, is this episode coming out? This episode's going to come out in July. So let's say 
pride, right? Maybe you put together a pride campaign for June, but you're not part of the LGBTQIA plus community, right? And um, some of your points or whatever didn't really land as you intended, but your heart was in the right spot. You're coming from a good place. But someone gave you feedback, right? Like, hey, maybe we don't say this. Maybe we think about it this way. Maybe we need to rephrase this because this is really kind of fucked up and offensive, right? However that feedback is given, it is not up to someone to give you the feedback in the way in which you want to hear it. It is up to you to take the feedback however it is given to you and do the right thing. So I'll say that again. It is not up to someone else to give you feedback in the way in which you want to hear it. It is up to you to understand and do the right thing. I have definitely been at companies that want to do a campaign and the feedback is like, oh yeah, we missed the mark a little bit. Here's how we need to redo this work. And the team is like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know. Thank you for letting me know. Let's do better. Let's change this, that, and the other thing. Let's still do the thing, right? And then I've been at other companies where they're like, fuck it. And they scrap the whole campaign. It's very clear. <sighs> what is uh, the better choice, right? Like, just do better. Still do the thing. Just do it better. Asking ourselves the tough questions of, hey, this is what I want to do. Is this the right way to do it? And maybe someone's like, not so much. And then not getting an attitude when someone is like, not so much. I know that's really hard. I know sometimes we take our work personal and we're invested in doing well. But regardless, doing the right thing is doing the right thing. Number 12, asking employees what will, has, or did make them feel the most comfortable at work. So this is a really important question. What makes you feel comfortable at work? What will make you feel the most comfortable at work? What has made you feel the most comfortable at work? What did make you feel the most comfortable at work? And listening when someone actually responds to that question, because that's a pretty vulnerable question, right? And then with the end goal in mind, that what makes them comfortable being their most authentic self. I don't think I've shared this with anyone at work, definitely not on the podcast, and mostly just with like my like my close bubble of humans. <laughs> my people, if <laughs> if you will. So family and friends. So last summer I was out with a friend and we were talking and I don't even know exactly how this conversation came up. But there was a conversation around finding other women beautiful and saying, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful or she's so pretty or whatever versus finding other women attractive. And my brain functions different than most people's brain. And I guess I just sort of assumed those were one and the same. This conversation occurred and she was trying to get clarity from me on if I thought other women were attractive versus like pretty or gorgeous or beautiful or whatever, insert whatever uh, word you want to use, right? Uh, descriptor, there we go. And I was like, no, att like attractive. And she's like, are you attracted to women? I was like, yes. And just, so this conversation happened. And like my own ignorance, which I have also recently learned probably in the last like three, four months is quote unquote, very likely to be autism, uh, very likely coming from GARS assessment. So I don't just say that lightly, uh, GARS assessment. And the reason I don't say I am autistic, the GARS assessment is 
for children. So in order to be, I think, officially diagnosed as an adult, you have to go see, I think, a a therapist, maybe a psychologist. I'm not entirely sure. And my insurance is trash. So like, that's not happening until I have better insurance. But anyway, all this to say, my brain works different. So last year, I started opening up like my dating app, right, to everyone. And the last probably like six months, really just said, ah, just, just women. So as someone who is somewhere in between the L and the B of uh, the LGBTQ community, the point of this story is there are people who are in the LGBTQ community in which I have talked to several times and I have not told them that. There are certain things that are said in different companies that make you feel like you can be your most authentic self. And there are other things that people say that make you feel like maybe you can't. And I'm not saying someone has said anything in particular that has made me question that, but there could be maybe just in general a culture lacking that makes me feel like I could say that to someone or maybe that it would even be appropriate to share. I don't know. So all that to say is be really mindful of the conversations you're having and the culture you're creating with other people that you interact with. And so they truly do feel very confident in being their most authentic self, even if it's just with you, right? There are definitely (laughs) different levels of relationships that you have at work, right? There are people who become your friends and you talk to them about everything and you text and whatever, right? And there are people who you only email and if they slack you, it's weird, right? It looks like it's a spectrum. It's a really long spectrum. So anyway, my own tangent, as per usual, I feel like half the time it's like, why you guys are here? No, I'm just kidding. Moving on. Now let's look at it in a little bit different way, right? What might not we want to include from a transparency perspective? Again, in my opinion. (laughs) Number one, open calendar details. I just don't think it's relevant. I really don't. Like either you're busy or you're available. I think my company default right now is just open, but you can go in there and change it to just showing yourself as busy. And I did that. And the reason why, it's like if I work 10 hours on a Tuesday, let's say I'm on the computer at seven o'clock in the morning and I take two hours to take the dog to the groomer, but I'm on until seven at night. I still work 10 hours and I just don't think it's relevant. I don't think it's anyone's business. Like I would obviously tell my boss like, right? Like, hey, you got to go take the dog to the groomer. Like I'll be out for a couple hours. Like no one in my company anyway really cares about that kind of stuff. No one at any of the companies I worked for in the past like probably five years have cared at all about that kind of stuff. So like, I'm totally fine with like, hey boss, just so you know. But I think there are other times where people just don't need to know things, right? If you are a female who just had a baby and there are certain times a day you need to pump, I don't think it's anyone's damn business that that's what you're doing. And maybe you want people to know that. And that is hundred percent up to you, right? I just think forced calendar detail transparency is inappropriate. I think people can share what they want to share and it can be totally up to them. Here's why. I have worked with people in the past, not currently, in the past, who have looked at calendar appointments such as a dog grooming appointment or pick up kids or whatever and have judged the shit out of people for having certain types of appointments on their calendar. So I don't think that we need to give anyone any more reason for judgment unless you're comfortable, right? So I don't think an open uh, calendar details should be forced upon anyone, but if you want to share it, great. 
Number two, disciplinary action. Uh, No one's business. It should be kept confidential. And if an employee wants to share that they got written up for whatever, like that's up to them. But 0% should that just be out in the world for people to know. Number three, personal time. More so around the reason why people may need it. It's personal for a reason, right? You just have to take a personal day or whatever. That's on you. Again, all of these, if you want to share, cool. But I don't think it should just be transparent for everyone uh, out of the gate. And number four, internal and external job application. So if you apply to a position within your organization, I don't think everyone in the company needs to know that, right? Like, I don't think that's something we need to be transparent and open about, especially if it's like a promotion, right? Maybe you don't get the promotion and you feel bad about that. And then other people, what if they knew about that? And you didn't want them to know. And now they're like, well, why didn't she get it? Well, what's wrong with her? Oh, like, who is this other person that's supposedly so much better, right? Like, there's just kind of goes back to number one, like unnecessary judgment. Now, if you're really excited because you applied and you want to go tell the world, hell yeah, more power to you. Number five, mental health. Very much up to that person if they want to share and 0% should be open, transparent across the board. I don't think I have told anyone at work about the GARS assessment and being quote unquote very likely to have autism. That's a lie. One person. But like that one person is someone who like I text. You know what I mean? Like it's different. And the reason why is I think this is changing, but I think how the world views autism is very different than what it actually is. I think people still think autism is like a spectrum, right? It's a linear spectrum. When in reality, and I've actually shared this on my Instagram, but you can probably search it like autism spectrum, maybe a pie chart, and I'll probably bring it up. But if you think about more of like a literal pie, right? And you cut your pie in like, let's say eight to 10 slices. And each section of that pie is a trait of autism, right? Social anxiety or social awkwardness. And thinking things in very literal terms and stimming in a physical outward way, right? So when I say stimming, you know, some people will have fidget things that they play with. Some people will wave their hands around or clap their hands or whatever it may be. And if you think about the center of the pie is the one end of a linear linear spectrum and the crust of the pie is the other end. So each section of that pie has its own linear spectrum. Does that make sense? So like I play with a lot of fidget toys. I usually am bouncing my legs a lot or moving my feet, but I've never, you know, been out in public and just waving my hands around, clapping my hands. It's just not how I get energy out of my body. However, eye contact, I very rarely make eye contact unless I'm thinking about it. And then sometimes it just feels awkward. (laughs) So it just, it's different. It's each section has its different levels, right? So I think that's a better way to think about autism versus like what we may see on TV. And I think if people are really good at what is referred to as masking, so trying to appear the most neurotypical, oftentimes you're going to hear things like, oh, you don't look autistic, or I would have never guessed, or you don't see, it doesn't seem like you are. And the reality is most of it is in your head. Most of it is how your brain works. Most of it is how your brain functions different than other people's brains. And to explain some of that, it's kind of hard. And I don't want people to treat me differently because of that. So mental health, again, very personal preference, 100%. And number six, health conditions. If someone has a health condition, it is that person's business and that person alone. Number seven, political and religious views. If someone wants to voice their opinions at work, 
fine. But I don't think there should ever be like a forced, oh, what do you think? Who did you vote for? Like, nope. You're really just asking for trouble. (laughs) And quite honestly, like if they're people you work with and they're strictly colleagues and they're not friends, right? They're not colleagues who become friends. I don't know that you'd want to know because once you know something, you can't unknow something, right? Um, And if you think very differently from someone it may hinder or like change your perspective on them consciously or unconsciously and just unnecessary. Does your colleague do the work that they need to do and do they do a good job? Like that's what we should be focusing on versus did we vote for the same people? Do we have the same faith, right? Like that's not really what makes an impact at work. All right. I hope you guys found this podcast helpful. I think I probably went on a few more tangents than normal, but shared some kind of vulnerable information with y'all that has just kind of personally evolved in my life over the past year, we'll say. So hopefully that was interesting to you or just, I don't know. It is what it is, right? If you have a topic you want me to cover, definitely reach out. Let me know. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen, to be here, support the show. I really appreciate it. Newer website. I'm still working on it. It's not the best, but you can look at it if you want, stephdennis.com. You can support the show uh, many different ways, listening, sharing with your friends, leaving a rating and or review. And then if you want to monetarily support it, Anchor or PayPal, all that information is below. You can find me on the socials, stephdennis13 on Instagram and TikTok. Clubhouse is just stephdennis, no numbers. And then Instagram at Career Talk Podcast. We are written, produced, hosted, and edited by yours truly. You are simply wonderful so amazing. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.